Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we are going on an adventure to the Tour de Mont Blanc, a very popular long-distance hike around the Mont Blanc Massif, a compact collection of majestic snow-capped mountains in Europe. It's approximately 110 miles around, and it passes through Switzerland, Italy, and France. Just do a quick Google search on Mont Blanc Massif, and you're likely to experience the awe that I did just looking at the images. According to Wikipedia, this is a hike that about 20,000 people attempt each year. And what I love about it is that it's a hike that combines the beauty and the majesty of the mountains through a week-long trek without having to carry gear or sleep in a tent at night. Today's guests recently completed the Tour de Mont Blanc where they were extreme adventurers by day and living in the lap of luxury by night. I have with me my friends, David and Cassandra Hradick. They've been married 10 years and they live here in Charlotte, North Carolina with their golden doodle, Ryder. David's an account manager for IDEX Fire and Safety where they manufacture fire and safety equipment. He's also an avid soccer player. Cassandra is a success manager at Doximity where she helps hospitals increase clinician awareness. She is also both a teacher and student of yoga and a certified Precision One nutrition coach. These two work hard and play hard and Tour de Mont Blanc is just one of the many adventures that they've taken. But for me, after hearing about this specific trek around Mont Blanc and seeing the photos, I have most definitely added this one to my personal list. Cassandra, David, welcome to the campfire. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having us. Oh, man, I'm so excited to share this story. I had so much fun hearing about it with you guys the other day when we were kind of first talking about it. So this this was a super cool adventure. And before we jump into the adventure itself, if you guys just kind of elaborate a little bit about, about who you are and, and what life is like for you here in Charlotte. David, we'll go. We'll start with you. Well, as you said, we work hard and play hard. So that's uh, that, that's kind of the story of our life. But we try and do as much hiking as possible. Our dog, Ryder, loves to hike. And so uh, if we're not working, we're usually uh, hiking or hanging out with him. Love the outdoors. And, and he's an outdoor pup, isn't he? Very much so. Yeah. Cassandra, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I think you covered it in the intro. Uh <laughs> If you ask me who I was, I'd just say that I'm I'm someone who enjoys being outside. I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm outside, I'm happy. And so I like connecting with the outdoors. I like connecting with new people. I like adventures and I like to have fun. Yeah, you do. Unless it's 117 degrees. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. That's, fair, that's fair where she falters fan. a little bit. Now <laughs> I get it. This is why you like the snow-capped mountains. I get it. Okay. Yes. All right. Very good. Well, um, I'll tell you, if you guys could, I would love to just kind of first start with an overview of Tour de Mont Blanc. What is it? Why do people do it? Can you just kind of give us some highlights of the adventure itself? 
the vacation we did was about a nine day hike and we stop in a town every evening and cover that 110 miles that you were talking about scott as as the um the massive that is uh tour de mont blanc but it was just you don't have as you mentioned before not carrying a uh you know a camping pack it's only a day pack with water and snacks and it makes it really attractive so you can uh oh, everyone can do it for that matter yeah i mean i think i would add to that you know you're doing you know 10 ish miles a day give or take you're climbing three four thousand feet in elevation a day it's completely accessible and i'd like to think we were in true luxury every night but that's probably a stretch um <laughs> but you did get a warm bed every night and that's pretty clutch a warm bed and a meal i hope yeah an amazing company that's local and, and wine and why yeah, very good. good very good that's important okay so where does the where does the trip start in terms of the country the city where do you fly into how do you get to mont blanc sure so we flew in to geneva switzerland and took a car just about an hour hour and a half drive um, to chamonix and that's where it both starts and ends and if you're googling like the famous tour de mont blanc trail race um that's exactly where it starts and ends too so it's a pretty cool experience that's the, uh, you, you, after you get into Geneva, you do cross the border into France where Chamonix is France actually. Okay. And you mentioned the, uh, the extreme race that happens there. So some people might be familiar with that and you guys are athletes like, tell, so tell us about that race that happens there. Cause I think you mentioned to me on the phone the other day that when you guys, it was happening when you guys got there. It, it was, it's called the UTMB and it's an ultra marathon for trail runners. If you're a trail runner, you know about it. My father, when we told him we were doing this, he immediately was excited and asked for an autograph from a favorite runner who knew, who knew he was that avid of a runner. But, uh, so, so these guys are doing these, these, uh, guys and ladies are doing this race i think the winning time was like 19 hours and 40 minutes or something this year and that's the whole 110 miles insane i think it's like eighty-four thousand feet of elevation gain you know up and down throughout that whole time so we like to stroll hours uh <laughs> that that eight to ten miles and and drink plenty of wine yeah, <laughs> there you go. So if, you, if you really want to enjoy this adventure you can take 110 miles to go around the Mont Blanc Massif and you I think you guys did how many days did you guys take nine, nine days. days nine yeah. days okay cool so a little over a week or if you like pain and suffering you can do it in 19 hours through a trail run so exactly so it's got a little something for everybody which is kind of cool yes it does so so let's talk about the scenery that you see when you're when you're doing this trip what 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 is what are we looking at as we walk around this this massive oh my gosh everything uh it was just it was so breathtaking i mean to paint a picture um mountains points like knives in the sky you know snow capped the water leaking into you know rivers and lakes so many amazing waterfalls and glaciers and then you know the next day you'd see fields of green and wildflowers mm. like it was crazy in that small amount of mileage how different 
each and every step you took really was. Yeah, it's it's so crazy because you think about like the Himalayas and the, you know, the, these massive mountain ranges and then this massive, like, I mean, in the pictures, it, it looks like, it looks like the, it looks like the Himalayas. It looks like, you know, the same kind of thing, but it's really just this compact little set of mountains. And it's so cool that you can circumvent the whole thing. I mean, 110 miles in, in retrospect, like it doesn't really seem like it's, it's that far when you compare it to like mm-hmm. some of these massive mountain ranges, you know, that, that people can do, which I think that's what makes this so appealing. Absolutely. So what, what what kind of people did you encounter along the way and um did did you guys interact with people as you were kind of going around or did you kind of largely stick to yourselves like what what's that what's that experience like in terms of the people that you see and meet it was cool cassandra picked out the trip and it was a group uh so we were with a group of i think 10 people okay and three guides and one of the guides, Gianluca, was Italian, so he had a, an interesting sense of humor. And then there was two others that they were both from the UK. Um, but it's very interesting to hear what they do and what they enjoy. And um, just so, so so cool to see what they, they do that every day, uh, every, you know, throughout the year. And then the group that we were with, ranged from you know i think there was three of them that were retired um you know some younger professionals um it just ranged in what they did um one was a pa in the military and a retired nurse in the military so just a a cool range of uh of people too yeah it sounds like a pretty big pretty good mix too of people Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely But I think that the like the funnest people that we met were the people who were hosting us. Mm. I mean, a couple of the nights they were true hotels, but most of them were more B and B, almost like, hey, they had this decent sized house in the middle of nowhere, and people started hiking there, and so they started like letting them in. And so, you know, sometimes they spoke English, and sometimes we needed a translator, um, but it was just, it was so cool to be able to experience, even if they couldn't speak English, they were sharing who they were through their food or through their drinks or through their smiles. And for me, like, that's what it was about. That sounds really cool. So that's something I'm, I mean, so you went with an organized tour group. So they had all these trips, the, the stops planned throughout the entire trip. Yep. And so so I think I heard you say like some of the, some of the nights you're in hotels, but some of the nights you're actually at somebody's house or Airbnb, like a friend. Yeah, it was like a B&B, but it was kind of like someone's house. Like you took off your shoes before you went in. So cool. Yeah. And then we had a family style meal a few times with our group and with, you know, it, it was, you know, it was really cool to, to experience those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you guys see you're, you're, so you're with a group of 10, but did you kind of see similar, like the same people kind of, cause you're sort of on the same sort of route. Did you see this other people in other groups that were sort of in parallel with y'all? Not that many. I mean, we saw a few groups, but not really that many, um, which was interesting. And not consistently. So like we wouldn't right. see a group and then also see them the next day. 
like we wouldn't see the same people. And so I think there are different um, ways you can do the tour. It's not just yeah. you have to take this very, very specific path. Um, and my assumption too is just because of the lack of um, places to stop and stay that you just, the tours can't um, stop at the same spots. Got it. So, just not capacity. And so that's pretty cool. Like, so on this hike, like, is it heavily trafficked? Like, are there a lot of people or are you guys like, you know, out, out by yourselves during the day when you're doing the hike? Um, you'll pass quite a few, depending on the day, you'll pass mm -hmm. quite a few people doing, you know, if you're closer to like Chamonix, you see it quite a few people, but as you get into the, into the hike or some of those areas that, you know, you don't have cell phone service or Wi-Fi at yeah. this day, it, it was a little bit more, um, scarce, but still there's, there's quite a few people, um, but, but not that many. And yeah. kind of the cool thing is either using French, Italian, uh, to say hello while you're walking by, as you walk by, you're always saying hello or bonjour, you know, whatever, whatever you feel like. Yeah. <laughs> or, or mixing them up because you That's crossed a border and forgot. Because you can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. So I, I'm, and I'm also kind of intrigued by the, like, you know, you're out in nature, you're kind of hiking the, hiking the mountains during the day, but then you're in more like of a civilized environment at night. Like, what was that balance like for you guys? Because I know, like, you've done a lot of other different kinds of trips, but like this one really spoke to you because you got that nice mix. Well, when you say civilization, like I said, the one night was, I asked him, we were hiking to the hotel that evening and it had rained all day long. And it was that you'll probably get into that in a bit, but all we needed was like warmth. <laughs> and, and I asked him where we're staying and he goes, uh, you see that down there, right, right there. And it was, it was so far in the distance down below. And it looked like you could see like four buildings. I said, that's the town. He goes, yeah, they probably have six buildings, but that's where we're staying. <laughs> So it was, it was very interesting to, you know, all right, experience that. And then when you walk in, it said, um, no Wi-Fi, no cell phone service. You're going to okay. have to talk to each other. Nice. Like, cool. <laughs> I mean, there's something cool about that, right? It, yes, very much so. Yeah. I think that was the coolest, um, thing about this trip specifically is if we would have planned it ourselves, I'm not sure we would have stopped at some of those spots. Yeah. Um, because we would have thought, oh no, like only one or two buildings in a whole town. Like what if, you know, what if you need something? So it really forced us to, or not forced us, allowed us right. to do some of those things. Hey everyone, it's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your referrals. So yeah. tell us the, the tour company that you guys used for this adventure. We used Wilderness Travel. 
wilderness travel. Okay. We'll definitely yeah. make sure to include that in the show notes. Um, so people can check that out. So I want to go like, how did you guys find this trip and how did this whole thing even come about for you guys? Full transparency. Uh, we had not booked a trip and it was the spring and we hadn't traveled for an entire year. And for me, I live off of traveling. I thrive off traveling. That's where I learn and where I grow and where I, you know, feel energetic. And mm-hmm. so started kind of researching, knew I've always wanted to do a multi-day hike, wasn't sure exactly where, um, wanted to start with something accessible, right? Something that I didn't necessarily have to do a lot of training for. I, you know, didn't have to learn anything about like tents or, you know, putting my food together or anything like that. And so just started looking at different wilderness companies and um, did some research, honestly, what I described to you early about the mountains, like carving out clouds in the sky, like that point that's so different from the North Carolina mountains, Mm -hmm. which I also love by the way, but like, I really like the (laughs) the snow covered ones. I saw a photo of it and it got me. I was like, you know what? We've always wanted to go to Switzerland. Let's do it. And so I basically sent um, David an email and was like, Hey, here's the cost. Here's the link. This is what we're doing. Here's what the, you know, airlines will look like. Uh, you in? Cause I'm booking it. <laughs> and I was, I was corrected this evening last night that I did not respond to the email. I'm pretty sure I responded in a phone call or we talked about it, but I said, absolutely. Yes. Okay. But I, bu- but I booked it. We were going and, and it was only it, yes. like three months out. So all right. So, so I want to go there. Like Cassandra, for you, it's these like knife pointed mountains that carve the clouds. I love that visual, by the way. And I totally, you know, anybody that, that Googles Mont Blanc massive images, like they're going to see it. Like you see these pictures and it's like, wow. Like, but I, I just, I guess I'm curious, like for you, because you, you found this, you decided like, this is what we're going to do. Like, what is it about those mountains? What is it about that imagery that calls at you? That's such a good question that I'm not even sure I have an answer for. And I think it probably changes on the day. Uh, When I look at those types of mountains, I just see this like fierce approach to life. Like, you know, like at the very tippy top, there's so much weather and changing behaviors. And, and that mountain has just seen so much. And without trying to sound like, I don't know, um, crazy, it's like, it just has so much to teach you about life. And for me, I look at it and I just think, wow, like I am so small. That mountain is so big and there's this giant world out there. And I'm just like this tiny piece. And -hmm. it just like makes all your problems and it makes, I don't know, those things that stress you out. It just kind of makes them melt away a little bit. Man, it's so it's like, you know, the the smallness that you feel next to those to those mountains. So um, one of the things, and I haven't actually talked about it in a few episodes, but one of the things that I love talking about early on in this podcast was one of my favorite words, which is awe. And I I looked it up um, early on in this podcast and I talked about it with a lot of people. But if you look at the dictionary, the Oxford languages version, awe is defined as a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Oh my God. Yes. And you just described it. hundred percent. You just described that. So I love, you said a fierce approach to life. 
And uh, man, I just love that. That's so epic. And so, so David, Cassandra comes to you with this trip and says, I want to book this. Are you in? And like, so I want like what, what you said, yes, but was there like, was there decision-making like what happened for you? No, it's immediately, uh, yes. Uh, just like she said, she, the, the flight, everything was already, um, you know, taken care of once you get there. So there's no decisions to make. You don't have to think when we go somewhere, you know, the last thing I want to do is figure out where we want to go to eat at the end of the day with a hike. And, uh, it was all, it was all done. It was like an all inclusive, but you actually work during the, you know, you hike during the day. It's really super fun. Um, but no, it's just looking at the, the mountains, the picture that I saw, it was gorgeous. Um, I always did want a Mont Blanc pen, but <laughs> we found out that those are made in Germany. So not, <laughs> um, and they're very oh, expensive. You, and very expensive. Did you feel shortchanged? I, I did. Uh, very <laughs> short changed. <laughs> um, but no, just the the, explore, the exploration of mountains in general and the hiking, the challenging, uh, overcoming any fears that uh, you have. Always wanted to be an explorer. So <laughs> it was uh, it's really cool. Yeah, you just made me think. It's like, it's just amazing what our bodies can do mm. as well. And I think that's something that draws us into like big hikes or multi-day adventures. It's like, we are all so much stronger and like capable than I think any of us think we are. And sometimes those adventures just like ignite that a little bit in you. I love that. So uh, can we talk about that a little bit? That, so you're, you said we're a lot more capable than we think we are. We're stronger and more capable. So did you guys find yourselves being tested on this hike? Yes, I would say there was there was a, a time that we were very tested and I was very nervous. I don't know about you, Sandra. <laughs> so before the hike, I was definitely <laughs> nervous. Like at first I was really excited. I was like, oh yeah, I got this. But yeah. then the closer we got, it was really, really hot out. And so we didn't practice hiking. And so I was kind of like, oh, I hope I can make it. And I was really sore after day one and two. But then your body just like recoups and, and you go. Um, I will say that day of pure rain and cold um, weather absolutely challenged me. It was to the point where the only thing you could see is the person's foot in front of you and you had to follow it pretty quickly because if not, you were lo like you were losing the group and you were off path. Um, and and, and don't just, fall in the mud. Yeah, and don't fall. In the, I mean, all <laughs> the things. Um, and we've hiked in rain before, but not <laughs> quite like that. Uh, but I mean, we, we did it and it was one of the toughest days, not only weather wise, but elevation wise and length wise. And, and maybe that's why, uh, that hotel that we walked to that was in the middle of nowhere is so bright in our minds too, because sometimes it's the not so, you know, picturesque days that you remember the most and I don't know. We yeah, we, it was, it started raining when we started, we were hiking, it was pouring down rain and we walked up this, the, we were walking up this Roman road, old Roman road, which was so cool. But then as you kept climbing and climbing and climbing, I think we ended up going like almost 5,000 feet that day in gain and then loss. And I think we passed a glacier at one point, but when we got kind of towards the top thing, you're soaking wet. Uh, when Cassandra's hands get cold or anybody's hands get cold for that matter, 
kind of like send your body into I I was very nervous for us um I would recommend uh waterproof gloves wool and then a covering on that uh we I learned that's what I was gonna buy when I got back that's for sure what he's politely saying is he was concerned that I was going to get frostbite <laughs> on my fingers <laughs> but I didn't they were was good. it was it cold uh it was yes and then we had to get i don't know why we did it but we had to get into a mini shelter so it's typically like six people but another person fit in so it was like seven people in this little shelter and by shelter it was just like a bag that everybody kind of sits in and so you're in there and you kind of use your um hiking poles to like post up and the ground's covered in you know it's wet muddy and you can't, you're trying to like keep warm, change into something that's going to be warm. And you're soaking wet. It was very. It do you was remember? Very yeah. Do you remember as a kid, Scott? You would like go in elementary school, and you'd have this giant, like circular, almost like tent material thing, and you would bring yeah, it up, and then you try to get underneath it. Okay, that's what it was like. But it was small, and seven people got in, and then we all had to change into our warm clothing and get out of our wet stuff. And, and it was super windy too. Not only yeah. rainy, super windy, cold. And so it was like blowing away as you're trying to keep it together and trying to also change kind of clothes inside. Uh, it yeah. was, it was. I thought we were just gonna like, all right, I don't know if we can finish this hike. I don't know how to get off this mountain at this point. This is wild. So like, help, help me understand like the lead, that sounds really like, so the lead up to that, what's, what's happening? Like, why are you getting into this shelter? Is there a storm going on that you're trying to protect from? Like, it, it was kind of to rest for a few because we had been going straight up all day um, okay. and just get some, a snack in you um, because it was probably about noon. And we had another about an hour until we got to a refuge, um, which is also another experience um, with that one. Uh, but yeah, that, it was just to get a snack, get some water, just kind of recoup for a second. Um, in, in fairness, we were also with a group. And so there was like a small group of slower hikers and then mm -hmm. a small group of faster hikers and we were in the faster hikers. So I think part of it too is because of that visibility with the really strong rain and clouds and fog, we wanted to make sure that they didn't get lost and we didn't get disconnected from them. And so us, the foster group, got inside, did the things that we needed to do while also allowing them to catch up with us. That's exactly why that we, was, that was, that was exactly a good way to remember that. Got it. So the yeah. guy, so the guy come to, this is just kind of a standard thing. They, they have these shelters and they stop to give you guys a break from the elements essentially just to mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah. 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 Okay. And now everyone who's climbed in any type of crazy weather is like these people. <laughs> it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, well, it was just funny. We had never experienced it before, you know. Totally. And so what I love about it, I mean, like we've talked about the fact that this trip is something that's very accessible to mm -hmm. to to many people. Like so talk about the level of challenge that that this trip presents for somebody and, you know, who who is that like you know, the, the ultra marathon piece aside, like who is this trip for? It was rated as like five stars from a challenge perspective, but honestly, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. Um, 
there was a there was a there was another Dave in the group, and I was fast Dave, and he was slow Dave. But he <laughs> but he was but but he, he they did a great job of the the guys did a great job of of pacing because Cassandra and I and Ryder tend to go fast and and having that pace also was ex, it was was pretty exciting on the days that you could actually see stuff because yeah. you can kind of take in the scenery while you're while you're hiking which was even better I, I tripped quite a few times because i'm awe and looking at things as <laughs> as i hike yeah i would say it's um for the everyday worker outer i mean anyone who's like into fitness who feels strong who feels in shape and or plans to get to that point prior to the trip could do it. Yeah. I don't think you have to be a runner. I don't think you have to necessarily practice hiking. I think you just need to kind of feel good enough and grow that confidence enough because I, I think anyone can do it. So um, are you guys familiar? I think we talked about the Camino de Santiago which is mm -hmm. a, a walk, yeah, across Spain. And uh, um, so it sounds to me like this is maybe a, like a level up from that, but it's not, it's certainly not like a mountain trek, like, a, um, you know, certainly not an Everest kind of a, kind of a mountain trek, um, more, more accessible for, for somebody that just wants to take a nine day trip and, and yeah. see some majestic mountains. Yeah. 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 Maybe similar to like Inca. Got it. Yeah. So did you guys have to do training? Did you guys feel like you had to train for this trip? Not for this trip, but we both do regularly train. And so I strength train four ish days a week and do yoga and walk daily. We do about three miles a day. Um, and then David kind of same, except instead of yoga, it's soccer. And so we did not have to train for this trip. Um, some of the people in our group did. Uh, we had a girl who, you know, walked, I don't know. I can't even remember like five miles a day with a backpack with a, you know, 40 pound something in there, like kettlebell at a elevation, you know, five days a week or something. And yeah, so I think, up. <laughs> I think it just kind of depends. Yeah. Um, whatever's going to allow you to feel comfortable and confident to do it. I Got say it. do it. And you did know? your tour I, company give you some guidelines on how best to prepare? Yes. And like we had to fill out um, forms and stuff and get our doctor's yeah. permission um, to actually go on the trip. And so they were pretty extensive to yeah. make sure that, you know, you were ready Yeah, because it is a group travel and you want to make sure that one person isn't feeling left out or vice versa. Yeah. So, um, so David, you mentioned like a couple times, like the meal, the wine, you know, what's so cool about this is like, I'm thinking about like the rain day, right? You, you're, you're in the rain, you're in the shelter, like it's uncomfortable, it's hard, it's suffering. But at the end of every single day, you get a small celebration. That that's it. That's kind of why I mean, we haven't done many or any through hikes before, because I don't want to tote my beers with me or wine with <laughs> us afterwards. Um, but that is exactly it. I love to um, in, sit down, have yeah. a drink, and enjoy what we just accomplished. Yeah. And think about the day, uh, just reflecting on it and what challenges we had and what we overcame. Uh, that, to me, is my favorite part about the hiking is then yeah. towards the end when you get to reflect on that. Yeah. 
And I mean, I just love like there, there is something about that because there are definitely are other, other treks that you can do where it's just hard, right? For 10 days or whatever it is. But this one, like you get these, like, you know, you get these hard days, but then you get celebrations every single night along the way. So it's like you put in the work and then you celebrate and you put in the work. And it's just think like, I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of us in life have a hard time celebrating like the smaller wins. And so like, this is actually a tripler. I guess I'm kind of curious, like in your lives, like, do you guys find yourself when you're not on trips, do you guys find it easy to celebrate like along the way or what, what is that like for you guys in life? I'm just curious. I, I definitely try to, I try to be intentional about celebrating the small wins. In my opinion, it's those small things that make up your every day. If you can't enjoy every day, what is one week out of the year? It's nothing. I mean, that's not going to fulfill you. That's not going to keep you excited and thriving in life. You have to find those small everyday things. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how I, I try. So I don't know that we, we do a great job at it all the time. Um, but I like to celebrate little things, the dog's birthday, our, like I make huge things out of our birthdays, holidays, um, Fridays, Sundays. <laughs> Friday. There you go. I love it. David, how would you answer? I'm curious your answer to that too. I'm not as good as, I'm not as good as celebrating the small things. I need to, that's one thing I need to be, get better at. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm looking, I guess, uh, overall, I'm not, I'm not looking at those as, as often as I should. Yeah. And I needed, I know I need to do better on that one for sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I just like, I think that's just one of the things I'm noticing about this trip is it's like strategically built that way. And so that's just so cool. Like what a great way to train to like celebrate every single day. Yeah. That's such a cool call out. I might have to use that next week and in my yoga class, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wanted to talk about that. You gotta save time for that too. There I'll quote you, don't worry. <laughs> there was a point uh, when we're talking to the um, the guide that you have the first like three days and then day three is like your hardest day and then day four is a rest day and then you finish it out. And the guides mentioned how it's kind of cool to watch people's body as they, you know, day one, day two, day three, after mm -hmm. the toughest day, and that rest day, and then they come back stronger on day five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting um, uh, fact that that they notice about their the hikers. I don't know if, if you have anything more on that, Cassandra. But I mean, no. But just similar to how you were talking about every day, you know, trying to celebrate the small ones. It's the same with that. You know, too often we forget that we have to rest. Yeah. And that rest is not a downtime. What rest is, is a recovery time. It's to allow us to do all of the things tomorrow. Um, and whether that's working out rest, whether that's, you know, alone time rest, whatever that means, I think we too often forget to add that to our schedule. Rest and recovery. I mean, th this is, again, this is so cool because like, you know, so many of these like adventure sports, I mean, so many, it's like, let's see how far we can push the limits of our body. Mm -hmm. And then so many people like do that and then forget about the recovery. And yeah. so again, I kind of love this trip because it's got that built in. It's the, mm -hmm. the, the push and then the recovery. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. And so, Cassandra, you mentioned um, the yoga piece. And I wanted to get into that a little bit because you guys, you guys do have this connection with the mountains. Um, and 
Cassandra, you, you have, um, done such a beautiful job of posting yoga poses in cool places. I'm sure there's going to be some photos of you, um, doing some poses at Mont Blanc on the tour to Mont Blanc. Um, but the thing I love about your posts is it's typically a picture of you in a yoga pose in a beautiful environment, natural environment with some written wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of wondered, like, I think it's like, to me, there's like this, the wisdom is sort of representative for me of the mind. And then there's the natural beauty, which is just sort of like nature in the world. And then the yoga is like your breath. And I just, I wondered if you could sort of just talk about how you integrate all of this, like this, this particular adventure trip, all of your adventure trips, and then how you kind of weave in the, the mind and the body piece as well. Oh boy, that's a big question. Um, (laughs) So I'll try to keep it really short. Um, When I look at yoga, I look at it as a lifestyle. So there's all different facets of yoga. It's not just the physical practice, but it is that mental practice. And, Mm -hmm. And it really just comes down to connection, connection to breath, connection to your body, connection to other people even. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's really why we travel, right? It's to explore different areas. It's to learn how different people, you know, live their lives so that we can become better humans really. Right. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean traveling and doing some crazy adventure across the world, but it can, sometimes that can be, you know, your own town trying something new or saying hi to somebody, somebody new. And, and so I try to just like live out my yoga. Um, and it sounds kind of silly and it's not easy. Um, it's always reminding myself over and over to do that, but I love going on adventures and reflecting afterwards and, and thinking through, you know, the challenges or something maybe that I could have done differently or would like to do next time. And, and that often inspires me to write those yoga poses. Sometimes it's a conversation. This week I talked to my class about one of our guides. I was actually asking him if he finds that most people are really excited about the adventure. And if you make a, you know, a change to the itinerary that they just get it, you know, sometimes you have to based off of weather or, or trafficked um, trails and, or if he finds that people complain and his response to me was a bit of a laugh and it was kind of like, well, I'd like to think of them as requests. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like one small shift, one tiny word change and it opens up the conversation instead of closing the door. It turns probably anger and frustration into um, this kind of let's talk it through, let's deal with it. Maybe I take that request, maybe I don't. And then I, you know, toss it away instead of putting things like that into your backpack and it being heavier and heavier as you walk. and so I just take all of that stuff and I, I try to share it and I try to learn from it and I try to grow from it. And it's all about being intentional with, you know, what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're moving, who you're with. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, like where, where does the, the, like the wisdom piece, like the words that are in your post, like what is, the, what is typically the inspiration for those, for those posts and, and for that wisdom? Yeah. So (laughs) it just depends. Sometimes it's conversation, right? With the tour guide or a local. Um, Sometimes it's staring at a mountain and, and listening. Um, 
<laughs> allowing them to speak to me. It sounds so corny, but it's like, like I mentioned earlier on the call, you know, the mountains shift constantly based off of their weather patterns and we're constantly shifting in life. So it's like taking what nature is showing us is real, what nature is telling us is okay in trying to make that our life. Mm. So it just depends. Sometimes it comes from somebody else. Sometimes it comes from my journal at night. Uh, sometimes it comes from a quote that I, you know, read. Yeah. I try I to, I try to source it though. Cause it's, it's not me. It's somebody else or some, you know, adventure that's really feeding it, you know? Yeah. I love it so much. And David, you're not getting off the hook here because you're, you're involved. Like you're, you are literally behind the scenes because you're generally the person taking the pictures. Yes, I am. And that is very important. <laughs> Gotta get it. It is very, very important. Especially <laughs> after, you know, as I'm, as we're walking and, you know, eight miles in and I'm like, Hey, this would be a great spot for a yoga pic. Okay, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> She's got to think about it. And how tired is she? But she still does it. And I got to make sure I get that shot. <laughs> I mean, you know, your, your typical post is like a, a perfectly balanced position. And I'm like, how in the world? Like, <laughs> it's impressive, right? And I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, David, like, how long do you have to take to get this shot? Is it, I mean, you know, talk to me about this. Oh, it's, it's tough. I, uh, gotta, I gotta make sure. And then I try and get the background, uh, of it all and, uh, as much background as possible. Well, so that Cassandra is just a, a small piece of the picture, no offense, yeah. but yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing is, is seeing what's, what's there. Yeah. Cause then I'll take a look at that photo and I'll look at the background and I'll say like, what is this photo telling me? Like if I'm in an arm balance, maybe it's talking about balance, but maybe it has nothing to do with the posture and it has everything to do with the fields behind me. Uh, maybe it's how I look in that field. Um, and sometimes that that's also inspiring. Yeah. So they're all, it, they're all done in one shot though. I'm that good. All done in oh, one she's shot. She's that good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, is there, is there a thread, um, uh, David, I'm going to pick on you for this one. Like, is there a thread between the yoga and the wisdom and the nature and the trips and, 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 and honestly, like I'm kind of looking and when I'm reading the intro, um, what you guys do for a living, you're both in helping professions, you know, fire and safety, working for hospitals. Like you guys are like, you know, it's, it's a very like connected helping way of life. I'm just, I'm curious, like, that that thread that kind of runs between all of them well that that's a good observation i never thought of it that way honestly uh that we're both in the hospital and uh first responder type stuff that's um i don't know i'm gonna have to defer to you cassandra i need to think about that you got me on the spot <laughs> i mean i agree I, I mean i think that at the root of our lives we really enjoy um helping I think whether that's in friendships and families and our work. Um, and I think we're both good at what we do. And so we took kind of that boxed career, right? And found a way to do it in a place that's ultimately making a bigger difference. So, yeah. you know, you hope that hospitals and healthcare systems are ultimately making a really positive impact 
on the world and you hope that the fire departments are coming together and and saving people and and making that positive impact and i think if it comes down to it that's what we want to do too um we yeah. just want to be with people and 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 hope that we are able to give them one small little nugget that makes them happy or makes them feel good about themselves yeah and I, and I see you guys as people in this helping profession, but you know, the yoga, the nature trips, the adventure trips, like th this is a way for you guys to go, you know, get your tanks filled up so that you can come back and, yeah and do what you do very well and help. And it's, and you know, it's important the work that you guys do. Um, I'm curious. So I love this trip. I don't know if you have any final thoughts about just, I, I guess I would love to get your advice on whether it's this trip or sort of any adventure, like, you know, for this one, if you're short on time, this isn't like, a, you don't have to take a month long trip for this one. This is, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you probably need two weeks when you include the travel time, but nine days. I mean, what advice do you have for people that maybe are limited on time or have some other reason why, they're not ready to pull the trigger on the adventure that they've been dreaming of. I, I was, I say now's the time, do it. You just make it happen, conquer your fear, whatever that actually is, uh, go for it. It's, it's totally worth it when you do it. And from a time perspective, this one was nine days. Um, they actually cut it down. Uh, it's technically probably, uh, an 11 or 12 day trek, okay. but they cut it down to nine so that you could, they could fit it in. Cause they realized the company realized that there was a, you know, two weeks is starting to really, you know, pull it at people that can get away. Yeah. So, but they also offer, you know, three, four, five day hikes where, you know, all around the world. So, you know, pick there's it out and, and go for it. There's, there's plenty. Yes. I think ready is fake. Like there's no such thing as being ready for anything. You're going to do it scared or you're going to do it with the fear of missing out at work or missing out on life. But like if to David's point, if you don't just book it, you're never going to. I love that. There. There's no such thing as ready. That's a quote right there. <laughs> Man, I love it. So um, David, you talked about just, just doing it, just like, just get after it, just go do it. Um, but this isn't your first adventure. You guys have been on a number of awesome adventures. Like, do you guys think back to like that first adventure and what, what you had to do to like cross over that threshold to say yes and, and book that trip? Was it, was it harder the first time or has it always just been about just getting after it? Um, no, my problem that I have is I'm indecisive when it comes to what I want to do. I look at, you know, on Microsoft on your computer, it always comes up with like a picture of a national park or something cool. I'm like, that looks awesome. I need to go there. And so the list is so long that I want to go everywhere. So I, then I never make the decision and Cassandra takes care of it. You made the most important decision. You said, I do. And then she plans the trip. And then you say, well done. That was awesome. You guys, um, you've been on so many different trips. This one I'm really inspired by. I'm definitely printing a picture of this one. It's going on my vision board. I'm going to do this trip at some point in my life. I love it. And I think Hollywood's going to pick up on all this stuff that you guys are doing. And they're going to want to make a movie about your life someday. And so I want to know for both of you, when they make the movie about your life, who's going to be the actor and the actress that's going to play you guys in this movie? So 
I couldn't figure out just one. I can't, I don't know if it's going to be Charlie Day or Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, and then the movie, I think uh, I have to go back to what Cassandra and I are our standard hashtag that we always go to. And it's okay. called Raycation, but it's H R A. Oh, yeah. Cation. And that's what we use because our last name is Radic and Cation. Yes. Yeah, you get it. Love it. Um, that or just ex Expedition Radic. I couldn't figure I, out which one. I like that a lot. That's your awesome. movie? Yeah. So we've got Charlie Day and Ryan Reynolds. Cassandra, do you have a pick between the two? Charlie Day and Ryan Reynolds? Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a really, really tough one. <laughs> I really don't. I don't want to be that person, but probably right. Ryan Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I do love me some Charlie Day. All right. Very good. He well, Cassandra, either. your turn. Who's going to play you? Oh, Betty White. Yeah. Yes. She's amazing. So full of life. She loved animals. She just like talk about someone who did adventures. She did her life as an adventure. She oh, just man. like was the coolest human being. And I just wish I knew her. Amazing. So I like I, that, that's one of the coolest <laughs> answers I've gotten on this podcast. That's that's awesome. All right. Expedition Radic. And I'm going to see sure. this movie. So we're not sure if it's Charlie Day or Ryan Reynolds, but Betty White <laughs> in this call in this movie. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you guys, thank you so much for spending the time with me. I think this was just such a cool adventure. I can't wait to hear what your next adventure is going to be. And for those listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope David and Cassandra's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. David, Cassandra, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for having us.